I felt like I had totally allowed my personal life and my social life to fall apart a little bit. And I had to like, I ended up, this was the the fun thing. I ended up taking three of my closest friends to Tulum and just like paying for all of me. Like, let's just all go. Cause I feel like I need to like reconnect. You can't brush past the baller moveness of what you just said. It was one of the best things I've ever done. You took all of your friends to Tulum. All three of them. I got it. I got (laughs) this. Daddy's got it. Daddy's got it. Ah! You know, they say women shouldn't be bossy. We're out here reclaiming that word. What's so wrong with being the boss? I'm Tara Reed, the CEO of a multi-million dollar edtech business. And I'm Katie Gaddy Tossan, better known as Money with Katie on the internet. At our core, we're driven by a shared ambition to build our own mini empires. Welcome to Bossy. What we often talk about with success and the kind of the territory of things working well for you and going the way that you want them to is all the good things that come with that. But I don't feel like there's often a conversation around when you experience resistance from people in your life or the way that your relationships can somehow be impacted Mm -hmm. by you getting family and friends, family and friends relation. Yeah. Like romantic relationships, too. I think that there's there's a lot to unpack there and I'm curious if you've had any interesting kind of family dynamics change as a result of the success that you've personally had well I I think in general my family has been pretty supportive of my entrepreneurship I do think there's areas where like I'm now getting to a place I think it's just now happening where there are some areas where like for example my mom has absolutely no idea what I'm doing like she just like doesn't what did your parents do she's not supportive she just doesn't know so my parents are both entrepreneurial in some way so interesting are your parents entrepreneurs no 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 no. mine well you tell me and then I don't want to cut you off okay well my mom is an accountant she's a CPA and she has her own practice oh okay yeah and she works with a lot she works with a lot of different types of clients but I think before I was born she worked a lot in like entertainment and she was Prince's first controller at Paisley Park and like holy shit entertainment stuff and now she does some of that still but she like you know it has her own business yeah and so my dad is a he has a, he's had an interesting career. He's he you can't say he's retired. He doesn't want to say retired. <laughs> he, he he rejects that word. He pivoted. He pivoted. He pivoted. <laughs> That's great. He's like really upset if you say retired. Um because I think to him retired means you're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's like I pivoted. Uh, so he growing up, he had sort of two different careers. He was a chief operating officer at businesses. So he worked at like the LA Urban League growing up um and then an efficient energy company. Huh. And then also is a jazz musician so he plays stand-up bass and I think for him business and art are like two separate things that he does to me they're the same thing it's all one I was gonna ask because I feel like that knowing that that's kind of the family dynamic that you grew up in and what you saw your parents doing that actually makes a lot of sense for how you turned out and what you're interested in wait how so well, the the business and art thing for one thing, but also I just think if you see your parents running businesses of their own, it's kind of like when you have two doctors and then the kid grows up and it's like, well, obviously I'm going to be a doctor. Like I think that you you kind of take on yeah the interesting. Well, and I think for me that that has been true in the sense that my parents both worked for like big corporations. Mm. And then my mom did end up leaving work when I was younger and and became a teacher. But like my dad worked for the same company for 30 years. Yeah. So that was the example I saw. And now he got a great pension out of it. Like he was rewarded for that loyalty in a way that like if I were at a company for 30 years today, I would not be rewarded for it. The game is so different now. It used to be that you like work for a company, they take care of you. Yeah. You have a long career and they take care of you. That's like so different for like folks our age, folks that are younger. Like the game's not that And I don't, I don't think that my parents knew I didn't know that I don't think they really realized how much things had changed he may have a little bit because I think he would see new people coming in and not getting pension like not getting the same benefits packages that he was getting but in any case I think I saw that and just thought oh okay so that's how you have a career like that's what you do is you find one place you are loyal to them you work there your whole life and like that was for all intents and purposes that was kind of my plan a little bit going into my career. And it was so what did your parents think about when you changed the plan? We're like, psych, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Dude, that was an interesting 
I think that they were they were they were supportive. I think there were a lot of moments where they were kind of like nervous on my behalf. Like mm-hmm. I think that they didn't quite see. Well, first of all, because that's a good distinction, by the way. Like someone can be actively not supportive. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. don't do that. And they also can just be like, I'm nervous. Yeah, I think that they they didn't get it. So to your point about, I think like the idea of making money off of like a blog and social media and digital pro, they were kind of like, huh? Like, how are you? What do you mean? Like (laughs) my mom's favorite line is like, girl, you're just messing around on the computer. (laughs) And I'm like, actually, I'm running business. It's the fake fake email (laughs) job. Yeah, I think that this, they didn't really get it. And I think that was part of it. And I think that there was an an element of security that I think they were nervous about on my behalf too of like, well, and that's how do they express that nervousness? Mostly asking a lot of questions. Okay. And just being like, well, you're going to keep, like, I remember, oh, that's actually interesting. I remember when I was still doing South, when I still worked for Southwest and was doing money with Katie on the side, she would always say things on the phone, like, just remember Southwest is the main thing. Okay. Like, just remember, you got to put that first. Remember, you cannot jeopardize this job for what you're doing. Like, that's great that you have that. Meanwhile... Money with Katie is making more in a month than Southwest is paying so me in a year. it's not the main it's thing. It's not. It was not. not the main thing. And she was like, just remember. And I think it was kind of the like, there is, in my mind, a bit of a misconception around the safety of a corporate job. And that yet Woo. you can always go get another one. That's true. If, you, if you're like, excuse me, if you're marketable. And you have skill sets that are in demand. Yes, you can always go get a different job. They also but that paycheck, you that you're hired at will. That paycheck can be taken away from you in two seconds. So I think that yeah. this idea that like that is the, always the safer route is in some ways true, in some ways false. But I think that feels the- really clear to me. And I think it's maybe because I got laid off <clears throat> from a job when Microsoft laid off 80 yeah. people pretty early on in my career where I was like, oh, the whole fallacy that this is like truly secure and like they're going to really take care of you. Like, no, when they need to adjust numbers, you can go very Your easily. head count. You're in you line on a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Off. Did you, when did you know that, like, was it, did you grow up being like, yeah, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to make money for myself. Like, was that no. always, when did you ma- like realize that? Um, a couple months before I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, not like that was never the plan. Like my, so growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer. My plan was to be an attorney. Really? And I think people suggested that to me because I like to argue. Like, I think that's how that happened. Tara Spin. In the courtroom. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're like a little manipulative. You'd be good at this. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Um, but that was the plan. And I wanted to be like a social justice attorney. I think I saw my dad working at like no nonprofits way. and stuff like that. He worked at the Urban League. So like I kind of wanted to be like him in that way. So what happened? And so I picked, I think I just get to do social justice in a totally different kind of way, if you know what I mean. How? How is what you're doing now? I think I get to just, like, show a different view of what, like, a powerful black woman looks like, right? And I get to, like, create that example and let people sort of follow along in my journey. Speaking of following along in my journey, though, like, my parents... I think one of the things that my mom does not get about what I do now is, like, sharing my life. Like, I think to her... She, she kind of says this line and she's like, I've, I've, I've only seen nothing but bad come from people who share themselves publicly. And mm. I think that that's just sort of her view. And I think in a pre-social media world, that makes so much sense. Oh, me. interesting. I was going to say social media is the reason that things can go negative so quickly. It is the reason that things can go negative so quickly. You've seen um, D- D'Amelio show? D'Amelio show, yeah. Yeah, like these girls that like started doing like, they kind of like popularized this like TikTok dance style that looks like you're like yeah, Charlie D'Amelio dancing, but, and like, her 130 million followers. She's got all the followers and I they do such a good job on that show of like showing right the negative side of of putting yourself out there and how it affects just like your mental health. So when my mom says stuff like, like that, there's definitely validity. I get what she's saying, but I also think that there's so much benefit these days in like, like you get a lot too in putting yourself out there. And I, I have to probably attribute like a good amount of my success to just putting myself out there, right? Like mm-hmm. starting a blog and just like mainly talking yeah. to myself, but like people then saying like, ooh, like I'm interested mm-hmm. in that too. And like and sharing my journey along the way like most of my business opportunities have come from that tweeting and being on Twitter and meeting you for this show Mm -hmm. like and so I do get 
when she says that, I think when I think about supportiveness for my parents, my parents are pretty supportive. Um, but I do get, I think you had a good like wording of it, the like questions, the like concern, the cautiousness. And I think actually it might be more now. I think before my parents kind of still got what I was doing because I still was at the job. So it like still made sense. Yeah. And I think to family too, at least to my family, the extent to which they can explain it to their friends is how much like, how comfortable they are. How comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. now, like my mom always says, like, I always have a really hard time explaining to people what you do. Can you tell my friend what you do? And I'm like, I teach people to build apps. It's so interesting to me One that life. you wanted to be a social justice attorney though. Yeah. And like, did they like, were they supportive of that? What did they think of that goal? Yeah. I think they were supportive of it. You know, what's really interesting about this conversation? Like, I don't think I spent or spend that much time even thinking about it. So like, they might've not liked it. And like, I just am so in my own world. Yo, that's that, like, I don't really care. Like that. I don't know. Do you have siblings? I have two stepbrothers. We're pretty far apart. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, and I definitely am like, everybody knows Tara's doing her own thing. Like just let her do the, just she's Tara. So I think that that's another, so I was an only child Yeah. and my parents and I were very close. Yeah. We were a very tight knit little yes. trio. And I think that so much of my identity growing up was like wanting to make them happy and wanting to yeah. make them proud. And I think that that was why I had a bit of a hard time mm. in the beginning when it seemed like I was doing something that they didn't necessarily approve of. Yeah. And it wasn't that they didn't approve of it. Again, it was just like they didn't they weren't as supportive at first in the sense of like it was the remember Southwest is the main thing. Remember that your full time job is the priority. Yeah, that's and it wasn't. Yeah, and so there was like this weird tension that I felt where I was kind of like, "Am I making a mistake? Am I making the right decision?" Because so much of my, I like filter a lot of my, I filtered a lot of my decisions through their perspective on them and what they thought. Because I was like, "Well, they know better," you know. Yeah. And so I think there's there has been a. It's been kind of fun to like get to the place that we are now. Where now I'll call and be like. I got a book dealer. Like I'm doing a second show. I'm going to, and, and like to have them be, what's the response now? They're just kind of amazed. Yeah. They're amazed. I think, which is really, which is very That's fun, lovely. but it took us, it took us a little bit to, to it get takes there. a while to get there. Yeah. yeah. I really resonate with what you're saying about like wanting to impress. Like I definitely yeah. think entrepreneurship was my shift actually. So as I'm thinking about, like, I'm thinking about when I started my first business, I was still at Microsoft and there was like, it was a side project for a while. I think at that point, I think I stopped caring as much, but entrepreneurship was the shift for me. Hmm. So, and I think it was like not overnight, it was gradual. I actually can trace the progression. So for example, like it was really important in my family about like college and what college that yes, I went to. Same. My mom went to USC, you know, the, the rankings of universities, mm-hmm. she did the ranking of universities. She put a line oh, under no. USC and said anything and above. <laughs> anything in a book. And I think we have Wait. this line in our family that like you, my, your job is to just do a little bit more than I did. Wow. Yeah. So what like, is the, that was the they, expectation. So that's, I feel like my parents cared about prestige to some yeah. degree, but I think that going to school, going to college was, it was a given that I was going to go, Yes, but they had invested so much money for my college education while I was young yeah. that they were like, you're not going to have loans. You're not going to have loans. You can go anywhere you want. A lot of privilege, a lot of, like, they were fully Team Katie. However, the market crashed, and they lost a lot of that. Yeah. It didn't come back in time, really, is what I'm trying to say. And so it went from, like, you can go to Harvard, we'll pay for you to go anywhere, to, like, you can go to a state school with a scholarship. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go to Alabama and party my ass off for four years. So, like... Is it interesting to hear that they were like, I kind of love that though, that they're like, this is, but did you feel pressure from that? Like, did you like that? Or did you feel empowered by that? Or was that like, oh my God, I have, I I have to like live up to this. No, I was definitely, I was definitely into it. So like, I I think because maybe I was sort of like was raised that way. Like I, by the time I was high school age and like ready to like hit that. And actually it started before that. Like it was maybe in middle school was the first time it was like, all right, we're going to get into the most competitive high school that we can. And then it was like, okay, the, all of high school was like, we had a binder. It was like prep for college. What are the extracurriculars? Like it was a strategy. Holy we shit. Were every, like everybody was on board and like, here's what we're doing. Oh here's my operation God. Operation Terra Ivy league. Maybe it wasn't Ivy League specifically, but like I went to Columbia. And- oh, 
no way. Yeah, I think I knew that actually. Yeah. Columbia. Wow. I liked it. Operation Terra Ivy League. Yeah. And so that was kind of like the vibe. I don't know if it was exactly <laughs> Ivy League, but that Operation was the vibe. Katie, SEC school. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think to go back to what you're saying, though, like, mm-hmm. what. I definitely was ticking boxes. Yeah. Right? Like, a lot of You were of my, following a formula. And definitely, I mean, you were like, definitely, if you look at my early career, like, I'm at Google. I'm at Microsoft. Like, ticking the boxes. Institutional like, prestige. Yeah. And even, like, I thought I was going to be, so I thought I was going to be a social justice attorney. I then sort of transitioned into, um, I had had an internship in finance. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be in this space. And actually, um, I had gotten, like, an offer at J.P. Morgan for an internship. And I had accepted it. And like last minute, they I got an uh, offer at Google, and so like I switched over. That was maybe like my first shift that felt like a bold shift. I was in all these leadership oh, programs that were like finance and consulting, and I was like, but I discovered tech, and that was like the first boring. What year was that? Like, because uh, I'm just trying to was like place the last it. year of college, so 2012, 2011. So you like saw, but then that's to me that's impressive. Not because it was like Google, but because you kind of were on the front end mm. of that big, you you saw tech as an opportun- a space with opportunity before everyone kind of realized that that's what it was. I, think. I don't think it was before everyone realized because like I, in this current wave. Well, I yes. just mean kids that are in college now are like, yeah, yeah I want to work at Google. Kids in 2010 wanted to work at J.P. Morgan. I think want to be entrepreneurs. They're like, screw even (laughs) Google. Like, this is the other thing about parents, too, because when they came up, entrepreneurship was not cool. It is sexy now. It is cool. It's like the cool thing to do now, but Mm -hmm. they didn't, like, I don't think our parents experienced entrepreneurship. Do you think tech made it cool? I think tech was the shift, is that people Mm. saw, I think millennials saw people like Zuckerberg becoming billionaires off something they made in their dorm room and were like, well, F everything else, I'm going to do my own thing. That's clearly, almost like, I think our our parents and, and those that came before us, like my dad with a pension, yeah. saw the safe and steady path. Because his his dad had a, a lot of, like, bouts. I mean, it was like he did not come from a stable home. And so I think yeah. he was like, I need to have stability yep. and I want to provide that for my kid. Yep. But I think they saw that stable path as like, okay, if I just make the right decisions and I get a couple base hits, yeah. I'll eventually get, you know, get, uh, get to score. Yeah. And I think millennials saw the board game and said... I'm mixing metaphors now, but saw it and said, base hits are not going to work anymore. I have to hit the home run right away. And I I think that- I got to take a bet on myself. I got to take the bet. I think tech and that that kind of movement- now? They're just I think Gen Z says- Gen Z says, we don't want to work anymore. We just want to work on our emotional health, which I'm with. Yeah. I think Gen Z sees the whole thing as 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 like a- Y'all in here trapped in the matrix. Yeah. yeah. I think millennials had the were like the last wave of like, I think millennials are very hustle focused and I think Gen Z is very like I wish focused. I was less hustle focused. I think I still am balance focused, but inside of still like a constraint that like I probably would love to let go. Back out of a little bit. Well, yeah. do you think that, I mean, how much of that was your upbringing though? Oh, for sure. Right? The f- binder? What? The Operation Terra Ivy League? Like, you've been groomed to get to this point where for you're, like, sure. achievement-oriented. For sure. Achievement-oriented and also, like, finding my own path and making a thing work-oriented. Like, my parents growing up had this thing where, like, they didn't give me money. And if I wanted to have money, I would find a chore there was yeah, demand for negotiate for the demand, right? And, like, why I was the right person to fill it. So I think Your parents sound awesome. They're lovely. I like my, you know, what's been really nice. So speaking of parent support, one thing that I am very privileged to have that I think lots of people don't have is like my parents, particularly early in my business, like my dad, for example, he and I kind of like bonded around business. Mm. And there are a couple like one liners and tips that he's given me around business that I don't think most people get from their parents. For sure. Like, for example, my dad being like, I'm glad to hear everything's going well in the business. Remember, this is a really great time to get an extended line of credit. Oh, my God. Wow. Or you're, as, as a CEO and a COO, you guys stand back to back at the front of the door of the business. And the CEO's job is to go out and go get opportunities out. And the COO's job is to go in. And, to, you know, you can kind of mix up some of those roles. But often that's a typical structure. So remember that. Oh, my God. Like, that's amazing. Like that... 
though like there's a couple liners that I've gotten from my dad mm-hmm. that like I don't think are normal parent no I'm starting as an entrepreneur like advice what about I mean did they support you through college like did you have to take out loans or were they like <laughs> they were with it this was definitely a debate um so Columbia and most of the Ivy Leagues have these systems where you can't take out a certain like a certain amount. You can't like go over a certain amount of loans and it's like based on parent income. My my parents are separated so my mom very much felt like we should help and like I'll take out loans if we need to help mm. you with this. My dad was like I paid for my college you pay for yours. Oh wow. And I think that kind of, it, I don't think he was trying to be mean around it. Like, I think my dad's always trying to, like, structure he's, something well, for and a lesson. He saw that was, like, he saw that as the best thing for you. Yeah, I think it was, it's in the same line of yeah. thinking for him as, like, I'm not just going to give you money. Find a chore that there's a demand for. It kind of fit in that kind of lesson structure. Yeah. So I did have loans. Um, my mom took out some loans for me. I also took out loans and I paid them off. Was later. there scholarship involved? Cause I, I had feel like that's, some scholarship. I had some scholarship steep tuition. Yeah. No, Columbia is super expensive. Um, we definitely, I graduated a semester early Oh my gosh. to like reduce the cost. Nice. And I essentially had planned to like do a study abroad semester. So I had planned all of my, I'd planned in advance all of my credits so I can essentially mainly chill on my study abroad semester mm-hmm. so I just instead of that took that and just was like I, I finished everything I'm done so it was always the plan to like try to finish early to try to reduce that cost too okay interesting because yeah. I do feel like that's a big piece of kind of how people I don't know I just I, I can imagine I didn't have loans yeah I had a I did have a full scholarship out of state so my tuition was paid for but my yeah. parents supported my like cost of living and stuff but they were very they would always harp on that throughout college I didn't really get it at the time because I didn't know anything about money at the time but they were like you don't understand how big of a deal it is that you're going to graduate without debt it's a big deal yeah it is and now I see that because now I talk to people all the time yeah. who feel like I am having a hard time making progress because I graduated with this massive liability and usually when you take out a lot of debt as a young person there's an asset attached to it that is like like a house right or like the, mm-hmm. you have a lot of debt but there's something with there's loans. something else it's on the balance thing. sheet and student loans like your human capital is the asset but yeah. unless that human capital can command it like the whole system is so um unbalanced in that way where there's really no relationship between how much you can earn. So I was just curious kind of how that worked for you. And if that that was, I mean, I guess if you got right in at Google, probably not (laughs) comfortably for me, but I think it only worked out comfortably for me mainly. Okay. I, I never had, lower paying job right I, yes. I finished school with relatively like I think my first job out of college I think the like offer was like 89k Whew. and my dad was like you better sign that before they realize you just graduated from undergrad and not an MBA they think I think they might, might have mixed it up you better sign that <laughs> sign that offer letter no takes he's back yeah, yeah exactly so I do think I had a lot of privilege in that but I, I also think like I don't know how I would have paid that off without entrepreneurship. Oh. I paid that off with entrepreneurship money. I, like, paid my interest pretty much with with job money. I, like, you know, because, like, as you make payments, most of it goes to the interest. Yeah. I was making interest payments primarily. With that money, I had, we had, um, in COVID, lots of, like, online businesses grew a lot. There was extra cash. I paid off all of my loans and all of my mom's. Oh, the ones that your mom took out for you? The ones my mom took out for me. Okay. Yeah. And my mom was like, I kind of want to do some other things. Like it kind of like freed up stuff for her. Right. And that, that like was such a like great moment for me too. I love that. So you, you at this point, do you feel like, so you, you, you financially supported her, not the other way around. Well, in I a think sense, in this scenario, she financially supported me first because she took out those loans. Right, for right, me. and yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I did, and I think like you know, we were having we had a conversation about this too. I, I think I have a friend who I have a lot of friends actually who, in some capacity, support their parents right in entrepreneurship. Yeah, and I have a friend who is a financial advisor, and she was like, "Let me tell you." What happens with oh, my clients? My and this is like not the only dividing line, but like she was making a generalization that like my white clients are like I asked them like, do we need to plan in the financial plan for supporting your family? And they're like, what? 
what do you mean? Like my, yeah. like if my parents would, they'll help yeah. me if I need it. But like, what do you mean? And her black and Latina clients and other like, people of other backgrounds were like, yep, yeah, like, let's talk about the plan. Like, here's what I'm already doing. Here's what the bills are. Here's how I'm already supporting. I think my mom in particular was like really conscious about like, oh, we're wow. not going to do that. It's not like it's not your job to support me. Um, and and my, my, my parents are not un- uncomfortable. I do have, I have had opportunities where I've like supported family, supported friends, supported partners, like that's for sure happened. But I'm curious to hear like what you think about that. Like when you think about the concept of supporting Mm. family. Well, I'm just curious. I do fit the stereotype. I fit the trope. Yeah. You know, I I think that um, that is something that I was not really aware of until I started doing money with Katie and having. What did you think when I said supporting family? I was like, like emotionally, <laughs> like <laughs> it did not occur to me. Well, and when you asked me that, but I know that that happens, but yes, yeah. it was so outside my frame of reference. And it wasn't until I started meeting people through money with Katie who would, who would, you know, contact me and be like, Hey, what do I do? I am my parents' retirement plan. And yeah. now I'm making good money. And like, it's they are to be two people's retirement They are plans. expecting me like my success professionally to them, it's like the most heartbreaking one is like, I have siblings, I am the successful one. And so everyone just assumes that yeah. I'm going to bankroll our parents and like everyone else has kind of abdicated responsibility. So I know it happens. And I think that it didn't occur to me until I would hear things like that. And until you even frame the question to me and I'm like, wait, what? For supporting? Like, and hearing that, that, you know, hearing a financial planner be like, yes, this is something that I have generally noticed to be true at the aggregate with everybody I talk yeah. to. I think that it's a huge, huge, both mental and financial benefit that I have an edge really yeah. that like, I yeah. didn't do anything to earn or deserve, but I'm very aware that it's there, that if everything went to shit, I yeah. could go be like, hey, mom and dad, which is not a safety net that everybody has. In fact, yeah. I think it's more unlikely that you would have that. It's more unusual to have that than not. Yeah. And yeah, so it's yeah. been a very, that has been a huge, me kind of understanding how big of a deal that is yeah. in the last couple of years. I, I have friends who have a lot of their family on payroll mm. what do you think about that have you ever thought um, about that like hiring I a think, family member i generally think it's a terrible idea see i was gonna say that like i have some like my husband is an attorney yeah. and i have joked with him in the past about like okay when you get out of the air force you should be money with katie general counsel like i'll make jokes about Don't that do it he's like hell Don't no do it. not do interested it. but i think I kind of like the idea in theory, but I think in practice it would be very messy. So here's a scenario where I think it, it does make sense. I okay. think you have to, like, there has to be two things happening. One, you have to have extra cash. Yeah. Because, like, if you, I've had scenarios where, like, I had family members or something where, like, okay, we need to pull back on costs. And, like, frankly, they usually are, like, the first ones who need to go. Right? So first that. But also, like, I think it's better that they not actually be working on anything. Like, if you're going to do it. Like universal basic income, but for your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think there are scenarios. Okay. Like, let's think about this scenario. Money with Katie blows up. It's just making buku cash such that, like, your main, one of your big jobs now is to figure out what to do to deploy all the cash. Mm-hmm. Which is a real thing. Like yeah. as your business grows and gets more profitable, like oh. you have to think about it, right? What to do to deploy all the cash? Yeah. In that scenario, it does make sense. Yeah. To like, because then you're then helping you have a partner them. who's working a job. Yeah. And it does like that, or or a friend or family or whatever, and like that, it doesn't really make sense for them to be on a nine to five grind, given that like there's all this work to do to deploy capital, and like it's just a different thing. And they're like wealthy families where this is a real thing. So I do think that's a scenario in future state where like if you got extra cash yeah. and you're kind of trying to figure out how to deploy the extra cash, like that makes sense. Mm. I also think it is unlikely that the person in your family is the most qualified person. For, for sure. The for sure. There's no chance. That that's the best person for the job yeah. is unlikely. And so like I've even had this transition. I used to work with my mom as my CPA and I think we sort of really? outgrew our Because she was too conservative. <laughs> 
she's <laughs> too much of a rule follower. My mama's a rule. You're like, no, no, follower. no. We're pushing the boundaries. And just by like general like spirit practice that doesn't that doesn't mesh with me. Like I'm like, okay, great, let's be legal, but what else can we do? Mm-hmm. So I think actually that wasn't all of it. I think first of all, it was really hard for my mom not to see me as her daughter. Yeah. Right? And by the way, like when my mom was an my accountant, she, she I I barely paid her. Like that was it wasn't like a big money exchange. Yeah. Um she it was really hard for her not to see me as her daughter so like my taxes were kind of like the last to get done like just like <laughs> she just like I wasn't like high priority client because I think the mental shift of like this is my kid this is my client okay now the meeting's over and now you're like mm-hmm. she was be calling me little girl in the meetings like it just like <laughs> I'm sure you love that <laughs> yeah that, like, just, that does not my sound... mom calls me little girl like it's my name so Aww. yeah yeah so like I think um we had to transition that and also there were things that I started to get into like there's like I have all these customers in multiple different states and like we started just getting into things I was buying it. I bought a crypto it. mining rig you it. and like we just outgrew that and like my mom knows lots but not about crypto mining rigs mm-hmm. right and so that we kind of transitioned that yeah so I think if they're not working on anything is ideal scenario and you got a lot of cash then I can kind of support now that's something that though that I'm like is that legal like to put what? someone on payroll I guess you could who's not doing anything someone on payroll who's not well, you actually, like, an employee. Listen, I, I most guess. companies have lots of people who are doing almost nothing <laughs> anyway. So, like, sure, like I think on paper, That's on true. paper, there's a it's job that they do. Fair. They they produce a thing, they create a thing, but you could just. You, it's not illegal to overpay someone. That is true. That is true. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back to talk about this a little bit more. And I actually, want to ask you about friends too after yeah. a quick break. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I'm curious how you, I actually really want almost advice about this, if I'm being honest. I feel like, I don't know if it's an obsessive personality or if it was just the fact that I moved somewhere else around the same time that I was starting everything up, but I feel pretty good about my familial relationships. I feel like what really suffered as a result of the... I would say moderate success that I started to find is that I really allowed basically all of my friendships to really take a backseat. So I had a really hard time prioritizing a social life, really, because it didn't feel possible to do both. You ever seen that triangle that's like pick two? You can sleep, you can have (laughs) friends, or you you can be have it all. Can you? Like, I feel Wait, like. What are the three? You can. It's. Well, I think typically the meme is used in college where it'll be like, you oh. can have a social life, you can get good grades, or you can sleep. And you can only ever have two of the three. What's the equivalent here? Like, you can have a successful business. You can have a business. successful business. You can, you can take care of yourself. And you can have or you can have good and... relationships with Woo! other people. And I think. What, that... Wait, what are your. Do you feel like you have all three right now? Uh, I mean, I think it's a constant trade-off. And I don't even have kids, which is where I feel like a lot of people really hit where it becomes really complicated. But no, I just think that like... There was a point at the end of last year where things were going really well for me professionally, but I just kind of had this moment where I was like, oh my God, I feel like I don't... Aside from my husband who I lived with, and even then we would like spend the weekends both working on different things... I felt like I had totally allowed my personal life and my social life to fall apart a little bit. And I yeah. had to like, I ended up, this was the, the fun thing. I ended up taking three of my closest friends to Tulum yeah. and just like paying for all of me. Like, let's just all go. Cause I feel wait, like I need wait, to like you reconnect. Can't, you can't brush past the baller moveness of what you just said. It was one of the best things I've ever done. You took for all sure. of your friends to Tulum. You're all like, three of them. I got it. I got <laughs> yeah. this. Daddy's yeah. got it. Daddy's got it. Ah! But it was fun. It was fun to spend the money on that. It was fun to go and get to like yeah. treat them to that. And I think it, it helped me feel like okay I am prioritizing them but that's obviously not a sustainable like you can't take people on trips every month so it's it's I'm just curious kind of how you approach relationships because you're always all over the place you're constantly traveling like yeah 
what do you I have a friend group that I I really love right now. This is actually like the first season of my life where I really feel like I have a squad. I do feel like I'm in a season where it's morphing and moving because I think we're all sort of mm. moving in different directions. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, I think that squadness got sparked by a trip to where do we go we went to like and we were in the Dominican Republic mm, okay. right and it was for my birthday and also like hosted a thing it was like I'll pay for everything like get a humongous house like so I, I love yeah it. sometimes it's nice to like treat your friends and if you can mm-hmm. it's wonderful and I like yeah. realize we're having a very it's like privileged thing. conversation but it's also like we have to talk about the like highs and lows and the aspirations of it all too right yeah. so I do think on that trip like there was a lot of like bonding of that group um I I do have a good number of friends who like to travel. So one of the ways that I like stay connected with them was kind of just to like, let's meet here and do like a weekend together. I've been trying to get you to do this I with know, me and so like, <laughs> guys, Katie doesn't want to hang out. This is what I'm saying. I have such a hard time. I have a hard time doing things that are like just fun. I don't know what it is. I think that I, I have think, to get over that. So I travel a lot, but you I'm do. working. I'm not vacationing. I think people really have a hard time. They're like, oh, you're on vacation. I'm like, I'm not on vacation. I'm just like living working from somewhere, somewhere else. else. So like I always have my laptop. So I don't take a lot of like full vacation time, by the yeah. way. Like, I'm just sort of like somewhere else. Yeah. I, I think... Do you feel like, did you ever, are the friends that you have now the same friends that you had when you started? Hell no. Yeah, like how has this... Hell no. Did you feel like once you started to... Because, okay, we started what? Started entrepreneurship? Yeah, okay, so we've talked a lot at this point about how the process of kind of going out on your own and figuring it out, it is a bit of a mirror. It makes you look at yourself differently. It makes you see the world differently. You kind of have to face your shit a little bit in a way that I think you don't always have to until you start like wrestling. So I'm just curious, like like, face your shit and also be actively growing, like active pursuit of personal growth. And so did you feel like there was a moment at which you looked around and said, "Uh, this, I'm not like, I can't. Yes. I think my active pursuit of personal growth mm-hmm. means that I pretty quickly outgrow people in relationships. Okay. And I Noted think it's for the a future. trade-off that like I realize I have to make of mm. like I'm in the personal growth gym regularly. And that means that like inevitably like I can't expect everybody around me to want to be in the gym like that all mm-hmm. the time, but like I just might have gains that you don't have. <laughs> Games. That's a good little youth. Jim bro games. Like Jim bro yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so like I even can go back, right? Like I think a lot of people, for example, have the same friends from like high school, middle mm. school. It, it doesn't even, like, I can't even imagine, like I, I love those people. I just can't, the, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me to like, for example, the same friends I had in middle school for those to be my best friends now. And so I can kind of trace multiple time periods where like I just sort of grew to a different person and also like this is gonna sound kind of like mean where like if you're in a community of people not like some people sort of rise up and grow and some people kind of like stay where they are and most people in life stay where they are at all times Mm. like most people don't grow that much in a lifetime Mm. so I do think I'm currently like thinking about like what are what do I want to do to like have more people around me that are like actively inspired I think right now like that's one thing I'm really trying to lean into not just being about money and like I'm doing business right but like I'm in my zone of genius inspired by my life I'm inspired by my life okay I like that I'm in my joy I'm I'm not like in this energy of constriction I think I'm in the active pursuit of friends right now that are fully in that because I'm yeah. trying to be more in that and it's really hard to be anything if your people around you are not there. My fr- Yes. So I have this guy friend named Ben who founded this company called Chronify. Yeah. And he was back in Fort Collins where he lives. We would like get lunch every month and he was talking to me about this once because he is kind of similarly minded as to kind of what you're describing, but also just this idea of like in the early days of starting something that you feel very passionately about, it can be, and he has three kids. He's like, it yeah. can be very difficult in if if left unstructured or left to chance, I won't talk to people for like six months. I won't leave the house yeah. for like 
so he weeks. he will he basically said, and I just think this is so funny and this is so him, but he sat down and he made a list of all the people that he considers a good friend. Yeah. And then he made himself think about like, what do I like about them? How do I feel when I'm around mm. them? How does the idea of talking to them every week or every other week make me feel? Enrich does it feel like and, a yeah. chore? Or does that excite me? And he said that he basically just took everyone that he said he felt excited by and kind of like that he felt like the relationship was really good for both of them. That he was like, okay, once I've identified those people, I'm setting up set times there's a cadence it's either we're talking every month on the last friday or like every his like closest friends will be like every wednesday for 45 minutes we'll just make sure we have a call and i think that that's really nice because it i hate to use the word operationalize in your personal life but i think if everything else in your life is so structured but this is not it automatically is always going to become the second priority i have two standing calls on my calendar every other week um they're slightly different energies i have a call with my friend danielle that is like every other Wednesday and the title of the calendar event is like Tara, Danny, what inspires us? Little like magic emojis. Yeah. And so we talk about the things that are like livening us up and inspiring us yeah. and sometimes are work stuff sometimes are not like but the topic is like what's what's livening you up right now what's, I love that like, there's like like um even a, st- a structure within the structure of like this is the purpose this is the energy yeah, you bring to this there's no like like we have to talk about these right things, but it's but like, like the purpose is to to kind of pour into one another a little bit you know bit what it's particularly good for I have to be at some point before the meeting go what is inspired? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that keeps me more in a state of inspiration because it's so easy to like go in life and you maybe you're feeling inspired, but you're not like acknowledging it mm-hmm. or like remembering it. And or so, cultivating it too. I think that there's, cultivating there's there is, I think, a misconception that, that, that inspiration or motivation like finds you yeah. and that it, it, it's like a passive experience. But I do think that what you're describing, I have this yeah. friend named Kate who is very positive and she's also a business owner. And so for a while there, we were getting on calls. We, we just called them little masterminds yeah. where we would get together for an hour and we would bring things, but it, it was like, it was a genuine friendship, but I also did find her very inspiring and always left those calls with like a little nugget. And I thought that it was, it was so mutually beneficial. We really should start doing it again, yeah. honestly. But I do think that, um, I think I realized something about friendships in the last like year or two where there was kind of a a dividing line almost between I had some people in my life where it felt like when we spoke, it was always kind of negative might be the strong word, but like. People that that mm-hmm. really focused on they have funky energy. It felt like it was always very certain. Like this is what's going wrong. Almost like a Ooh. victim. Woe is me. Of okay, like, so like this, I can't. And then use. I had friends that were very much like, you know, I was thinking about this, and hey, like I, I've been dealing with this, and so here's what I'm doing to fix it. And like they they kind of brought a different like. I have no control over my situation or like, here's how I'm actively trying to improve my situation. And I just found myself actively gravitating more toward the latter. Of and, course. Right? Well, for obvious you know, reasons. I don't want to say of course, but, because lots of people like have people around them like that. And they're like, oh, we'll let them stay. I feel like I have really strong boundaries and also low tolerance for that so like if i'm not oh feeling dude, you've someone, called me out before what I, there was one day we were talking about something and i was kind of complaining i was having a little pity party oh, and you're like you, I, you go i can't listen to this anymore what I are we gonna like, do I'm about leaving. it I'm, you go i'm over it but yeah. it was good it kind of snapped me out of it and i think sometimes if you don't have someone that's gonna be like all right i've heard enough like and you, if you do it too much i'll just stop being friends yeah you like see. that like that's kind of <laughs> how like it does anyone it's not just you but like, it, i just kind of can't handle that yeah and i i'm really Really, like, I think a lot about lifestyle design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, like, active pursuit of designing what's around you. For me, it's, like, designing things around me that inspire me, that are beautiful. But also not having people around me with funky attitudes (laughs) all the time. And, like, obviously, people have bad days. Are you going to have funky attitudes sometimes? But, like, a consistent, average state funky attitude? No. And so I think, like, for me, that's part of my, my lifestyle design. And I think that you, not you specifically, you in a third person sense, you one, one forgets sometimes. I think the impact that I mean, I I do fully ascribe of to having that the right person around of you. that idea of like you are the average of the five people you hang out with. So, for example, yeah. my husband, 
I am very easily triggered by like trolls online. It is something I'm yeah. actively working on is that if people come people at me, mean. people are mean. People will people will say very specific pointed things and it feels like you know, people online can like sniff the insecurity on you or oh, will and get go right and go right for that sensitive spot. And I am very easily antagonized. I've gotten better, I have to say. Yeah. I have really improved. So I'm going to give myself that. But I would, I always felt like I had to defend myself or I had to basically clap back. I mm. always wanted the moment of like the clap back. And my husband would always be like, that is so beneath you to even acknowledge them. Like, don't even give them the, that's what they want you to do. Don't, for a second, waste your energy on that. Why would you? That is so beneath you is a great line, too, mm -hmm. because I think it says something about how he sees you is up here. Mm, right? Yeah. And also, like, having people that, because sometimes you can't see yourself. Yeah. And having people who see you is is maybe a little bit bigger than you see yourself. Yeah. Like it sounds like that's that line implies that, and I love that. Yeah, and and you know what? I give him credit too because sometimes they've come at him in the past mm -hmm. on my personal page, no less. Yeah. And I will get defensive of him and want to clap back on his behalf, yeah. and he'll go, "Don't feed the trolls." He's like, "Who cares? Delete yeah. block report. Like, be, move on. Don't give it a second thought." So I when think you he were... puts his money where his mouth is. But it, it has been. It's like if I had if I was with somebody that was very much like, "Oh, you got to tell like." Yeah, it would pull me in really quickly if someone was was enabling that behavior of yeah. mine. I I how long have you guys been together? We started dating in January of 2018. We got okay. married in June of 2021. So it's going on yeah. six years. When you were initially dating, mm -hmm. was that something that you were looking for? Like someone no. who like saw you no. as as big as you are? Like was that a criteria? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was 23. I was like oh he's he's cute he's, he's cute. in law school <laughs> and like he was very he's smart he's, he's very cute. aloof and like kind of introverted oh. and I'm the opposite and so I like I really liked the chase I think I was not in a place him chasing you or you chasing me him? chasing him because he was very hard to read and I think I was oh. like oh you know this is like a challenge but I think what when I look back on that time because I did work full-time at that point What's funny is that I, on our very first date, he was like, so I found your blog. And I was like, what? Because I had a different blog back then. It's a personal blog where I would just like publish random yeah. stuff. He's like, yeah, it's good. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then like, I would say a year into dating when I was more into the personal finance thing, he was like, you need to write a book about this. Like he was very much a hype man about all of this from day yeah. one. So he kind of saw Having the potential. Having a partner that is your hype person yeah. is... Ooh, that makes such a difference. Make I, a had a, I had a hard day the other day and my partner called me and like gave me the like most epic pep talk. And he's like, listen, you are in a lioness. Sometimes people are not comfortable around lionesses. Sometimes people are cubs. And, you know, like, he's just like keep pumping me up. And I like, goes, yeah, that's right. And he was, you just like keep keeping your lioness Hell energy. Yeah. Stay in your queenness. But like someone like in order for someone to support you like that, they have to see you as that right and, and can't not be threatened by that and can be threatened by that okay so girl I so the relationship that I'm in now has been like we've been together for a year about a year and a half year and eight months ago I got really intentional and serious and like designy about how I was dating and I made a scorecard you know tell me you manifested this person I'm more so saying that, like, I had a scorecard. You knew what you were looking to, like, for. I, yeah, because okay. I had to get serious about it. So there's not yeah. that many things on the scorecard. There's, like, five things on the scorecard. What are they? Okay, my score, my dating scorecard is um, a lifestyle designer. Like, they actively design their own life. They're not in, like, victimness. And I also have, like, I hired a, um, like, a, what, like, a matchmaker, and she was not getting me the right what I wanted I, I I now am like not that like I don't know how I feel about matchmaking I think with the gender dynamic for four women yeah but um she was not getting it so then I made a rubric of like here's what a five is here's what a one is right but lifestyle design you meant you <laughs> it's just the most terror thing ever of like I have to be clear about what you, I'm asking that's for a you that's clear you. on my you're asks. good at that because you'll go okay the problem is not them the problem is that I'm not giving the right instruction I'm not delegating properly so let me let me refine what I'm asking personal accountability when yeah, someone's underperforming it's on me I missed something let me communicate differently and it if anything it's on me that I'm not firing them 
that, mm. that's the last on me. But okay. so okay, um, like active lifestyle designer, um, committed to their introspective personal growth. Okay, love. And like a five is like I've seen them over like at least a year actively work on their personal growth and sort of evolve as a person. Mm. Like I've seen it. Um, what else is on there? There are other things like, for example, there is a there's a entrepreneurship income line item not just because of like pure income but because like I realize that I do better with a partner who is also an entrepreneur okay an entrepreneurial okay and I think that maybe that's my shortcut way of like someone who has like their own thing and it's not threatened by my thing mm. I think there's lots of really strong people who are not entrepreneurs who are like I'm fine with someone who's really big I just find that they're maybe like harder to find of non-entrepreneurs I got you so like that that was a line item on there and if not like you gotta be on partner track or on something like that so <laughs> you have your own big thing going on sorry not sorry <laughs> so like those are the kinds of things on my scorecard but really like I think those things lead themselves to someone who has space to see me for myself and when I'm having a bad day can be supportive as opposed to like me being big making them feeling small do you think do you ever find that because you are we'll say big you know, yeah. like you've big energy, big goals. Yeah. You're very ambitious. You're making things happen. Yeah. Do you find though that that means that if the other person is the same way, that it's hard to prioritize one another? Or like, no. how is that? How does that work? Because I no, I, I, I was feel like worried I'm picturing about kind of two people that are very much like go getter, all about you know making things happen. But then it's like, how do you kind of come back together and make we sure that we create we run the place together. We're like, here's what we're doing as like a couple. Here's what we're doing as a household. Like it's bonding to okay. do it, and also like we both can talk to each other about our businesses. Yeah, right? like we'll be like, hey, like we need to like downsize a little bit. Like great, let's pull up the P and L. Like let's work through it together. Like what about this cause he's got like I got a framework for you here's what uh, I do that's nice when this happens to me here's what happened when I sold my company like let me talk to you about that so like we really kind of know about the same things or we know about different things but like in the same space and also we have very like entrepreneurial approaches to the relationships we definitely <laughs> have like board we have like a monthly check-in we got this I think there's like a, a venture investor who does this what uh, we have monthly meetings where we give each other a score on how we're feeling in the relationship out of 10 and like share what's working not working for us and like how it feels so the other person has active feedback and it's generally like safe space no one's upset usually you know when your partner's at a low number yeah like you know when it's they're not, not a feeling surprise it. if you have any level of self-awareness you know that the person who lives in the house with you yeah. is not feeling the situation right interesting now. right but See, why and understanding the nuances is useful yeah that's interesting i think We've we've joked about doing something monthly before, but I think we both felt like that was too much for us. Yeah. Like to do it every single month. It was like I I think we we were kind of joking about how we'd be like coming up with like yeah, almost that, shining yeah. more of a spotlight on something that sometimes not everything needs to get talked about. So I think that we've kind of shifted in the other direction. But yeah, I do think from a financial standpoint. We'd you guys have financial like planning meetings. Yes. Yeah. And so we'll, I saw you on Instagram, like had like. And a, we have the like weekly family meeting, but it's more about like what does your week look like? You have what a is, weekly family meeting. Yeah, it's and it's not so much it's not so much retrospective as it is proactively planning for the week. Oh, so it'll yeah, be yeah. like, what does your week look like? Is this going to be a you know an easy, medium, or hard? Yeah. What nights are you going to need more? You know, what nights should we be doing this? Oh, what is I love the, that. So is it like a set time that you regularly usually it's do? Like or Sunday afternoons. Sunday yeah. afternoon chat, which is nice. So it's, okay, it's, so if you have like. Uh, but it's, annual and a weekly, then you like that's great. Yeah, but we we aren't really sitting down and being like, how do you feel about the last month, and how how can I as a partner? I don't know if that's it's it's just it's so it's, funny. It yeah. sounds like very therapy esque to me, and I think <laughs> there's probably a lot yeah. of benefit to be gained, but I think that there's 
it's like not our style almost. Yeah, I like, get that. I'm it's very just... therapy-esque in general. So like I'm, I'm very like, let's be intentional and therapy-esque. And yeah, so like that but we do have our us. annual board meeting about money. What happens in the board meeting? So we sit down with every every month we do fill out my wealth planner, yeah. my product that we both use. Dog Google food, Sheet, shared. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So we both will fill that out so that we can see where all the money is going, what we're investing in, how our net worth is changing, what we're like, where we need to pull back. And then at the I end of this with him, it's yeah. amazing. At the end of the year, we now have 12 months of data and we basically will sit down and I like to put it in a spreadsheet. I mean, I'm sorry, in a, in a deck. Like I like to present it and be Here's like, the these are the findings. Cause I like to take the data the findings and the data and turn them into insights. I'm like, how do we actually now use these to make better decisions? Got it. This is by the way, why my meeting structure feels too like woo woo touchy feely. Cause you're like, I need data. If we don't have any mm -hmm. data for the meeting, cancel the meeting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Where's the agenda? Where's the so, agenda? so then I'll like present it and I'll be like, this is what's going on. And then we'll talk about the things that we think need to change or we'll he'll be like, oh, we're projected to hit that. Interesting. What happens if we so do projections together? I we do projections. That. Well, because I think we have this shared vision of like, we would like to be fully financially independent. Yeah. We, we don't want to have to work for income. We want to be in a place where the work that we're doing is based on what we want to be doing and not yeah. like I need to do this because I need the income. Yeah. And so we're actively pursuing that point at which we could live off of the money we have mm -hmm. saved and invested. And so we we have, you know, the three year kind of three to five year plan. Yeah. And so it's always, it's important though, to be like, are we tracking toward that or have we strayed? Are there yeah. things that we're doing that are getting us further away from that? Before you met him, I wanted to ask you, did you are like have you encountered people that you've dated that were not comfortable with your bigness? But I'm curious if at before twenty three you felt your own bigness. Didn't. You weren't connected Actually, to Actually, funny yeah. enough, I used I had two well I'm thinking of two people in particular. One was not really a boyfriend. One yeah. was more of like a situationship type the on shit. and off for years where we, he was never actually my boyfriend, but he was a couple years older than me. Yeah. And he, he was already working, um, in San Francisco when I was still in college. Yeah. And so I think he, it's interesting when you're, when you are dating someone that you perceive to be further ahead than you. And they perceive themselves to be further ahead. So it's it's more of like a you stay down there. I did have another. I, I feel like I feel like that dynamic can be fun. No. Oh, I, what? Like, I love the idea of someone being like, oh, look, your little cute little business dating that. No, uh, not, you would not like yeah, that. What, would. what would you that. like about that? What would you like about someone belittling you? No, I mean, I don't mean necessarily belittling me, but someone who's so powerful in themselves and not, not even necessarily that they have, it's not about the business size, but that they're so connected and centered to themselves that there's something mm. that like, I would like to get to. I think like in my I think that now, works if they see your potential yeah. and aren't constantly being like, well, not, not, not head you. pat. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I got they a lot of head pat. Okay, yeah, previously. Yeah. Okay, got it. And I got think it. that it was, I think that that's, I didn't see the big, I didn't see the bigness, mm -hmm. we'll say. I think that through the marriage that I'm in and like through my relationship with my husband, yeah. I started to see myself a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that he, we, we would joke because we didn't sign a prenup. Yeah. And we came in with very similar assets, but but I had money with Katie. And at yeah. the time we didn't really know what that was gonna turn into. Right. And so but it was like technically that should have been protected in a prenup. And so I'll always mm -hmm. joke with him. I'm like, Oh, you're gonna get half of that if we ever get divorced. And he'll be like, Well, you couldn't have done it without me. Like he'll always Isn't joke in a of like what happens after the marriage is still like split. Or I guess you can just, it's, it's a contract. It's not like you get to write it Things, however you want, right? Yeah, you can write it however you want. But it yeah. just has become a joke where he'll be like, <laughs> yeah, but I supported you. Like, but like, I helped you. And I'm like, that's actually kind of fair. Like, you you definitely did, you know. Being a partner to an entrepreneur is no joke. Like, yeah. first of all, we're crazy. Like, it just takes a little bit of, like, craziness to even do. And also just, like, the highs and lows of it all. Like, I feel like we probably are more volatile than the average person. A hundred percent. And so, like, supporting that is, I would imagine, a Challenging. Lot. Yeah. 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 Yeah, probably. You know what? I think next time I want to talk about how you support yourself. 
Yeah. Like I would like to have, and maybe not like next episode, but at some point I want to have a conversation like with you. Like self-care. I hate saying self-care because I think people self-care are Self-care sounds too bath. cheesy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not talking like face masks. I just mean like you, you, you've kind of touched on it a little bit today of like how the friends that you are, so, like you're very intentional about the people you're spending time with and you're very yeah. thoughtful about how you're spending that time too yeah. so that it is very uplifting. Yeah. And I want to know, like I'm sure there are practices and, and mantras and, and things that you do or practices that you have that help you, as your partner put it, like stay in the queenness. Stay in the queenness. And I think that that's important. So are you yeah. cool to talk about that next yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. Let's definitely talk about like staying in your power and staying in your queenness. I love that. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I also really want to hear like this conversation that we've had about like supporting family, family being supportive of you, just that whole conversation. I really want to hear like what folks listening to this, like what their experiences have been. Yeah. So if you guys can like share and comment, um, we want to hear stories about like how this is working for you. Absolutely. And that is all for this week's episode of Bossy. So thanks for tuning in. That was a great conversation. I, my wheels no. are turning. Well, okay, what was mine? Stay in your queen. Stay in your queenness. Stay in your queenness. That's the y'all. theme. That's the theme for the That's week. The theme. Stay, in your stay in your queenness. Bye. Bye. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.